0: Voices of the Temple, official podcast of the Temple of Witchcraft, exploring mystery and magic through love, will, and wisdom, hosted by Adam Sartwell. Greetings, and welcome to Voices of the Temple. Today I have a special guest, Mary, uh, the pagan homeopath. You can find her on Facebook. At the Pagan Homeopath, uh, she is an amazing person who uh, has really studied homeopathy and its uses and um, is just a fascinating one of person who is in our temple um, and i 'm glad that you get to meet her today and I hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, just get right down to our invocation so that we can come into sacred space with each other. Please take a deep breath. I call upon the Great Spirit. I call to the two who move as one through the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. I call upon the Goddess, Maiden, Mother, and Crone, Past, Present, and Future, Creator, Sustainer, Destroyer, weaver of the web. I call to the God, Lord of light and Lord of darkness, God of the green and the gold, God of the horn and the red, singer of the song. Be with us now and forever, so mote it be. And now, without further ado, since we are in sacred space, I will cue up our interview, and I hope that you enjoyed it. here with Mary, our homeopathy guru. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So, Mary, how did you get into witchcraft?
1: Getting into witchcraft was more of when did I, I came in a witch, obviously full on knowing I had, I viewed the world differently than a lot of people around me. And I fully connected to it when I was connected with Christopher. And that was over 10 years ago. So um, I come from uh, an Irish Celtic background and a Native American one. So younger, I first uh, connected with the Native American side because it felt a little safer (laughs) than the witchcraft since I was uh, only really privy to TV and movies and their depictions of witches, but wasn't always the nicest. So I was a little fear-based. And, uh, as I grew and life took a twist and turns, uh, ended up in a yoga class that, uh this Christopher Penzak was also in. And, uh, as I got more comfortable with knowing how long he'd been in yoga, I thought, well, we'll, we'll give Christopher a try. And then it was wonderful. His, um, uh, way of teaching about witchcraft and and having it not so um, heavily weighed with uh, dogma, Mm -hmm. like the Catholic religion that I was originally, Irish Catholic is how I was raised. Um, It just all came together, and it gave me a beautiful opportunity to realize that my grandmother, who was from Ireland, lived with us, and uh, for the first seven years of my life, we shared a bedroom, and every night she told me, quote-unquote, stories And uh, as uh, I was studying with Christopher, all those stories came to light. And I understood understood then that there was also other things that she taught me that weren't in the teaching, but I know now were the Druid way that she was passing on to me. Mm. So now here I am, all grown up, a little high priestess on the temple, for the Temple of Witchcraft on the board, and uh, now the pagan uh, pagan homeopath to everyone.
0: Mm -hmm. So what got you into homeopathy? Why homeopathy? What what drew you to it?
1: What drew it to me was sheer uh, desperation. I graduated, uh, I had my bachelor's in nursing, was working as an ER nurse when I had my first child, little girl Megan, and this little baby came in and was so colicky. I was completely sleep-deprived. She wouldn't sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time, crying all the time. And uh, literally, it was almost survival. And some friend took pity on me and said, Hey, I know this nutritionist that does this thing called homeopathy. And I was really, really at that point so desperate. I would have done anything, including stand on my head and spit with nickels if that would have worked. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) <laughs> so I went into this homeopath, and he well, he was a nutritionist, but he did homeopathy. So he had all these questions for me, and we sat there probably half hour, 45 minutes. And before I left, I let that man put a remedy called pulsatilla into my baby's mouth. And I left there going, oh, my God. Here I am, a nurse who lives with the PDR, um, which is a physician's doctor. De- reference for all the medication, narcotics used in the medical world. Mm-hmm. And I knew nothing about what this person put into my child's mouth. So probably had a complete anxiety attack at that point. But boy, within six weeks, my child blossomed. The coliciness was all gone. She just turned into this beautiful little girl. So I had to then just know more and more and more and started studying and um We became a little more financially blessed, so I used that money to travel around and and study and just, uh, you know, just couldn't get enough of it. And then I had my practice when I started. I only worked with children because I didn't want to be told it's, um, you know, it's power of suggestion. It's just Mm -hmm. the mind. Since it's an energy medicine, it's not real. And children can't do that. They can't have their mind cure something. It either works or doesn't. So first 10 years, I guess, until I got my confidence really high, I only worked with children and it was fabulous because all those children now are growing and most of them have never had antibiotics and they're going to be doing the same thing with their kids. So I'm passing it on.
0: (laughs) That's great. So um, can you explain a little bit how homeopathy works?
1: Homeopathy is based on the principle of likes, cures, likes. Um, That there's a similar effect that if you can, if something, if you ingest something that causes symptoms or a picture to happen in your body, um, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, who in the 1800s did all the work and the provings and, and came up with homeopathy. He felt that if you could take the energy form of that and give it to a person who was experiencing those symptoms, that it would cure that those symptoms in the person, that it would balance out the effects and they would get back to a place of health. Um, a great and simple example that I often use when I'm teaching is um, an onion. When you're in the kitchen and you're cutting that onion you have the watery eyes, you kinda of talk like this because the onion is just all oh, making you so nasally and your eyes are burning and watering. Well, if you take onion and make it into a homeopathic remedy, then that you would give that to a person who came who had those kind of flu or allergy symptoms. And the number of times that I've used it like that, people really think that you've done magic because it works so fast. (laughs) But it's the perfect example of likes cures likes. Onion in its natural state causes these symptoms. If you give it in the remedy state, it will cure them. And the way you make a remedy is to you take some of the onion and you put it into a glass of water. The mixture is usually 90% water, 10% of whatever you're making a remedy out of. Uh And then you have a bunch of bottles lined up next to it. That first bottle, you shake it, and you shake it, shake it. That's called potentizing. It's letting the energy of the onion go into the energy of the water. When you are done shaking that, you put it down, you get a dropper, and you take a dropper full or 10% from that first bottle and put it into the second bottle. Uh You shake that. You've now made a one potency. Um, If you've already worked with remedies, you know there's usually in the health food stores or the grocery stores, it's normally a 30C. That means that that potency has been removed 30 times from the source, and that's how we come up with potencies. The further away you get from the source, actually the more potent or the more deep-acting a remedy will be on a person if it's the right remedy. The beauty with homeopathy is you cannot give the wrong remedy. If you give the wrong one, it does nothing. If you give the right one, it will work. As a homeopath, I know to be careful with that as well because sometimes if you give the right remedy in too high of a potency, you can kind of make the person a lot more uncomfortable. So I tend to work with lower potencies longer so that their healing process is uh, gentle to them and uh, allows the healing to just be a lot more comfortable, which I think most people enjoy.
0: Sort of um, the higher dosage ones, well, could bring on that healing crisis.
1: Yes, I find that the lower potencies tend, since, and this is why it matches up beautifully with um, witchcraft and, and our philosophies of the whole being being that we are a physical, emotional, and spiritual being. I find the lower potencies tend to address the physical issues Mm -hmm. or illnesses. The higher ones, talking like in a 200 potency, are more the emotional, spiritual, and a 1M is really into the spirituality or the life, death of a situation.
0: Hmm. So uh, we have a new season coming up. Uh, Yes. What are the best remedies for this season?
1: Heading into winter, um, there is a remedy that is sold everywhere now. The grocery stores, you can find at Hannaford, if you live locally, CVS, as mm-hmm. well as your health food stores, is Otse Sicilium Very long um, word, but I think people now have actually seen it advertised on television. So that's like the first remedy I say to have on hand because it works for all the onset of the flu, the aches, pains, fever, that period of time where you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm not feeling really good, Mm -hmm. and it's flu season – you, um starting with that, It sometimes for some people, that's it. They'll take it early enough and will not have the flu. But others, you will still have it, but the symptoms will not be as bad, and the duration that you have the flu will be half of what everyone else is experiencing at the time, meaning if it's a flu that normally runs 7 to 10 days, you're going to be through it in 3 to 5. Wow. So you still have it because it is important for your immune system to still experience Mm -hmm. the flu and, and, you know, so that you keep building up your strength, too, as to what we're being exposed to. But it just kind of shortens the duration, which is also lovely. Um, As far as that, you know, it's um, aconitum is a huge remedy that I recommend, and that's if you've been in – large crowds, you know, now that the weather's getting cold, places are closed up and you're in tighter surroundings, if you know you're sitting in a room with somebody that obviously is ill, um, take a dose of aconite and for that sudden onset, hopefully your body, um, the exposure won't be too much and you may have some antibodies to whatever it is anyways, and if you can keep your body good and strong, those antibodies have time to kick in so that you won't get it. Uh, If you do get it, most symptoms of the flu in this cold season is a fever. So the next remedies I'd recommend to have on hand are ones for the fever. And that is the first one is belladonna. And that's a fever where you are hot, hot to touch the bright red cheeks. Your cheeks, oftentimes you're freezing, but you look and feel like fire. That's belladonna. The other remedy is called Ferrum Fos. Um and that is one where you're, you have a fever, but there is a body part that is extremely cold to touch, which makes it very unique. So a fever with a body, and usually um, in kids in particular, it will be their feet or their hands, where they'll feel so warm, and then the hands or the feet are so cold. Um, then we go into remedies for, uh, let's say it's a cold that starts in the sinuses first, We'd be looking at pulsatilla and chamomilea, which are made from lovely flowers. If the cold if the pulsatilla doesn't uh, take care of it and the cold moves down to the chest, we look at the remedy phosphorus. That's oftentimes a remedy that starts in the sinuses and moves down to the chest. So that's just kind of like a little sneak preview into some of the most common remedies um, for fevers sinus, and coughs. That, uh, and we are very lucky as well. There's some wonderful cough syrups, homeopathic cough syrups now, that are avail- easily available and usually right in the cough syrup sections. So you can always troubleshoot with one of those if you get a nasty cough on your chest.
0: So um, with these remedies, I know they come in the little pill bottles. That yes. They're like little sugar pills. Um, now... How many should people take with these certain ones?
1: The ones that you get easily available, Uh um, that was, you usually, what I do is have people take three pellets, Uh place them under Uh their tongue. They're absorbed um, into the system, the most easy, through the mucus. So you just put them under the tongue and let them dissolve. Three pellets is a dose When you're using it for stuff that you've been exposed to, I usually recommend three doses, three times a day for three days, and then one dose a day until you're through whatever symptoms you're experiencing. Oftentimes if you order a higher potency, a 200, those pellets can sometimes be very, very small. In that case, the dose would be 15 to 20 of the little tiny granules under, same thing, now under your tongue, mm-hmm. and you just let them dissolve. In the olden days, people used to be worried about things like mint toothpaste and mint coffee, antidoting the remedies, but mm-hmm. nowadays our general feeling in, in the world is that it, if it gets antidoted, it really wasn't the right remedy in the first place. Yeah. If you get the right one, it's going to work.
0: Mm-hmm. So... Um and where can people get these? You said, like, CVS and stuff like that, but should there's, they go to health food stores? Like what?
1: There's health food stores that um, often carry remedies, so you can ask. Sometimes they will. local ones will order remedies in. Um, there is a place that I like to use a lot called Homeopathy Overnight and Washington Homeopathic Products. Um, I do have um, a website set up where I have a link to the Temple of Witchcraft mm-hmm. and the, um, these stores that I use to get remedies. So I know the, the processes of making the remedies so that you're getting a real, true, good form. So those are the ones I recommend. Um, and you can also find that website if you get on Facebook, The Pagan Homeopath. That's me. Mm-hmm. Um, Or ask somebody from the typical witchcraft. They know how to connect with me so I can give you sites if you are having a hard time finding a remedy.
0: Okay. Um, So, Mary, what's your great work? Do you feel you're fulfilling it?
1: I think my great work is a healer. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think I'm fulfilling it. Um, I think it's been ever-changing. I've been a homeopath now for 26 years. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced um, just seeing kids at home to actually having an office in my house to closing the office, but then getting very involved with the temple. And now from the temple, um, it's turning into a form of the pagan homeopath mm-hmm. with the Facebook and the website and teaching classes. So it's very dynamic and changing, but the same premise is there, which here's the healing. Um, I, Intuit a lot of the things I get from people, which helps their information to connect remedies to the right people. Um, I just think it's an ever-changing path, but I do feel that ultimately that is why I've been put here uh, as a healer. And this is the magical form that's working the best for me.
0: Cool. Um, So now you said you are on Facebook at The Pagan Homeopath, right? um and can do what do people do there do they get a blog post from you or do they get um can they just post on there hey i have this issue what do you use for yes. that
1: yep they can say i would like to contact you and then i usually refer them to the website because i have a contact page okay. where they can fill out their information and email me because sometimes, if it's a simple remedy and I've already covered it on the Facebook page or on the blogging, I'll just refer that to them. But if it's a case, they really want their case followed and watched, then I like to do it through the contact or the web page so that we can get a working relationship going there. And there is a fee for a private consult, of course, there is a fee that mm-hmm. is set with that as well. Okay.
0: Um, now, I know from past experience with you and with Christopher that um, homeopaths have like a little test that you can put together a core remedy. What is a core remedy?
1: Core remedy is what Hahnemann referred to as a vital force, that when your soul or spirit is in your physical body, and it is at a place of health, health where all things are resonating equally. Your spiritual side's healthy, the emotional side's healthy, the physical side's healthy. You have a very strong vital force. The stronger your vital force is, the better you can navigate through life. You, are, If you're exposed to stuff, you're stronger when you're asking about your great work. If your vital force is very strong, you're going to know what your great work is because you will feel it it to the core of your being so to speak Mm -hmm. so when you work with a person you are assisting them to get back to a state of health where that vital force is really strong Mm. so that they can do their great work make their choices and have quote-unquote a healthy life Mm.
0: so is it different for every person
1: every person will have well Some people can have the same vital force remedy. Obviously, there's so many people. (laughs) But a lot of people will have different ones because everyone's life experience is different. Mm. When you come in with a very strong vital force, things happen to you, whether it's life, situations, illnesses, accidents, traumas. And everything that happens knocks you a little farther away from that place where your vital force was so strong. So it depends on how much of those knocks you've had, how far away from a healthy vital force you are, as to how many remedies. Sometimes it's like layers, like, again, an onion, hemp, layers. Sometimes a person comes and they've had so much life that you have to work on the top layers before you get to where the picture's clear enough and you can see, oh, here's the core layer. Okay, here's this person. If they had stayed healthy throughout their whole childhood, this is how they would look. That's their core remedy. So sometimes you can do it very easily if it's people that have done um, a lot of other work as far as, you know, it could be witchcraft, yoga, alternative things as well as healthy things. It can sometimes be very easy, and other times you have to do layer work first to get to that vital force.
0: Mm. Um, And the remedies that are used um, can sometimes be similar in families, right?
1: Yes, yes. Um, That's a good point because when I was starting with just children, I'd always have the moms come in or dads who would bring the child in with a notebook. And when I'd give a remedy, I'd have them write it down, and if it had great effects, I would then explain to them about that remedy, because people that are genetically entwined, uh-huh. oftentimes the same remedies will. Let's say a family that um, okay, they're getting a cold, and they tend to be a farfoss fever family, uh-huh. so. Mom doesn't have to, or dad doesn't have to think so hard about, okay, you know, they know for their family for fever, and some people, even acinitum can be their fever. You know, they Mm -hmm. learn what remedies for how their body presents a cold or flu, that these are the remedies that are their family remedies. And sometimes in families, yes, a vital force remedy can be for a parent and a child. You can see the generational connection of that vital force remedy
0: cool well thank you for talking to us about all of this mary it's really fascinating and i hope that some of our listeners um look into it um it's not something that a lot of witches know about
1: i was surprised from christopher to hear that when he first shared the set i thought well that's what i can do I can i since it is based so much on the elements and plants and things in the environment, I think it is something that the more the the witchcraft community knows about will and a lot of times, even when Christopher and I talk about, I will know the remedy name, but he'll know what it is as an herb mm-hmm. and And then it's very easy for him to understand a remedy once he knows what herb it comes from. So there again, there's another pathway that's already there in existence uh, for which is to learn about homeopathy if if the calling comes up for them. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it it reminds me all the time of uh, the plant spirit medicine or, um, you know, the shamanic way of sort of passing that remedy into the person. Yes. Yeah, yes, and Christopher,
1: in that plant, um, similar. I'm sorry. What did you say the name of that book was? You you just the
0: plant spirit familiar, or um, it's not. It's in uh, the shamanic witchcraft book about um, bringing a remedy for a person and just sort of breathing it into them, and you're giving them that spirit's vital essence through that. But it's also in with homeopathy. You have already a set thing to give to the person so yes, that they can take on that, in that
1: energy form yeah when you breathe it in you're using the breath as a form of energy yeah. The the remedy and the pellets is an energy form of it as well and um sometimes you know just having it even around the person can mm-hmm. have a healing effect if it's the energy that they're in need of to get back to a place of balance
0: well, thank you again for giving us this interview, and I hope that everyone likes it. So, thank we'll... you, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, say goodbye, listeners.
1: Goodbye, listeners. Thank
0: you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Uh, you can reach Mary at the Pagan Homeopath on Facebook, and she is a wealth of knowledge about all of these. Different remedies and how to use them to create health. So, to bring us to a close, we thank the Great Spirit and the two who move as one. We thank the three rays of love, will, and wisdom. We thank the God and Goddess who move through us and work with us. May we recognize your presence in our lives. Blessed be. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. Blessed be, everyone. You've been listening to Voices of the Temple. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2010 of the Temple of Witchcraft. For more information, please visit templeofwitchcraft.org.